Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch, and welcome to Ovicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you latest insights, advice, and technical updates for the sheep industry. We switch focus this week to grassland as we're joined by Dr. Philip Crichton to discuss some of the key priorities for April. Philip discusses the key management tasks for April, from grouping up to temporary fencing, with him explaining the impact that this has on grass growth and animal performance. Philip offers some advice on fertilizer application during April and the impact that that has on the system. He moves on to discuss planning next year's winter fodder, emphasising the need not only to focus on quantity but on quality silage. We finish up with Philip highlighting the upcoming round of spring grass walks that will be held nationwide. We start off with Philip discussing the current grazing situation we see on farms. Yeah, so Kieran, I suppose conditions have been have been very good. Um, we had, I suppose, some some wet weather there in early March, but um, for 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 most of March and now into early April, um, conditions have been good. Um, I suppose um, grass growth over the winter um, was was ahead of normal, which meant that we had, you know, good covers of grass. Um, available to the oats um, and the lambs as we turn them out and with the good weather I suppose utilization has been good as well so um, that has that has helped uh, big time I suppose in, in, in being able to um, utilize utilize that grass. Certainly the more favorable March than most we've got and as you said there we've probably benefited a lot from coming in with good covers and getting good utilization so we, we've hit the start of April in reasonably good condition I suppose, Philip, we can maybe want to focus on what's the couple of key priorities for the coming months. So from a grazing point of view, what is the priority at the moment with most flocks heading towards the tail end of the lambing or some already finished up? Where do we need to focus our grazing management? The key thing that we can do, Karen, um, is the whole area of, of grouping up. Um, so as you say, a lot of people have, 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 have got through the majority of their lambing at this stage. And I suppose, look, we talk about it every year. Um, this idea of, 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 of minimising the number of groups on the farm and maybe starting to subdivide paddocks and stuff. This year of all years, um, that's that's going to be even more important in that all of those concepts um, really um, are all aimed at trying to maximise the regrowths. Um, so as we move through the farm, um, we, we're allowing the grass plant um, the maximum um, amount of time and the maximum potential to 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 regrow so that we have grass again for the second rotation going into into mid April onwards and into May, um, and I suppose look um, with the, with the cost of fertilizer and that now the way things have gone, anything that we can do within our control there's a lot of things that aren't in within our control but anything that we can do um, to try and 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 boost grass production. And, and and I suppose grass availability um, to keep, you know, yours in good condition, keep milk production up, which will have a positive effect on lamb performance um, up to weaning, which will have a positive effect on, you know, weaning weights and consequent lamb drafting patterns as we go through the year. That's that's all impacted by what we do over the next couple of weeks. In terms of feeding the O in that peak lactation period, you know, so that kind of four to five week period um, post lambing, and also the quality of the regrowth in terms of grass then um, for the second rotation and third rotation when the lambs start grazing as well. So, um, you know, grouping up, basically, what do we mean by that? We, we mean that we try to minimise the number of groups on the farm so that um, as much of the farm as possible is growing grass at any one time. I suppose the, 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 the temptation is, is that we spread sheep out across the farm in very small groups. And, and you know, that's, 
when lambs are, are just turned out, you know, from a from a from a point of view of, of of making sure that lambs are okay, you know, herding them every day and that that's fine. Um, we need to be able to make sure that fresh lambs are are, are you know there's no mismothering going on. That it's easy to pick up yours maybe to have problems with milk yield or whatever. Um, but as soon as those lambs settle and you know we can see that there's no issues, we really want to be trying to be combining those smaller groups in, into bigger management groups, so that um, number one, it's easier to graze out fields, um, uh, you know, so that we can move them on to, to allow that grass um, to, to to start regrowing. And number two, it's minimising the amount of time that they're in any one area. Um, and that has not gone effects then and being able to maybe graze it out that little bit tighter, which will have positive effects on grass quality for the next for the next grazer. Philip, you tried a figure before. It might seem overly simplistic, but it's a very useful one to keep in context. When sheep are grazing the field, so we've multiple fields been grazed at one time. Effectively, the growth rate in that field has been halved by comparison to the field being rested on the same farm. So you really are reducing that growth rate potential. Yeah, so I suppose, Kieran, like if, if sheep are in a field and they're grazing, um, they're constantly, you know, removing removing leaves um, of grass. And if that's happening, the grass plant doesn't have the potential to, you know, photosynthesize, so using energy from 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 heat and light. Um, whereas if if the sheep are gone off of that field and 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 the plant has has the opportunity to start producing its new leaves, it has a much greater potential to capture that energy and to put it into grass growth. So that's the whole concept behind rotational grazing and 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 movement of, of groups. Look, the other end of that, and you touched on it there, you're actually getting grazed out quicker. So we might touch on your targets in a moment, but you're spending less time really at that lower cover and getting on the fresh pick and you're getting you're getting through that rotation a bit quicker probably too, or more effectively anyway. What is the graze out targets like? Where are you even to turn in and Philip and come out at in April? So I suppose, yeah, as we move into April now, you know, for the first rotation, for the first grazing of the fields, we're kind of saying we'd like to graze down to maybe three and a half to four centimetres. That's that's the idea behind that is to, to maybe remove any dead material. And I suppose, look, there is some heavier covers around this year, depending on on, on where you are. And, and I suppose when fields were closed back in the autumn, as we said, there was good grass growth over the winter. So to be able to clean out maybe some of the poorer quality stuff at the base of some of those swords is going to be important. But as we move into April and into, into maybe second rotation stuff, or again, depending on your stocking rate, we're, we're talking about maybe grazing to between four to four and a half centimetres. So if you're more lowly stocked, maybe you don't have to push the sheep as hard. Um, you can graze four and a half. If you're a little, little bit more highly stocked, um, you're, you're still going down to four centimetres. But again, because you've grazed tight on the first rotation, you can afford to do that without really doing any 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 you know impact negatively on on the sheep because it's it's going to be all green leaf that they're grazing even at that tighter tighter post grazing height as well. And um, I suppose our target to go into is your kind of seven to eight centimeters, maybe nine centimeters, um, which is a, a maximum of of about fifteen hundred, but around target is around twelve hundred kilos of of grass trimmer effect or, or seven seven to eight centimeters really of of grass. Like, right, we, we've moved through, we're going to group up and we're dealing with it. In terms of the infrastructure in the farm, we've pushed for a number of years the use of temporary fencing is an effective means of subdividing in bigger areas and is a good management tool. It probably is even more important this year than any year. There's probably a little bit of reluctance though in getting that set up early in the season. It tends to be more heading towards midsummer. we see it appearing on farms. How important is it to get set up early? 
Yeah, so I suppose, look, Kieran, um the earlier that, that, that you kind of get those um, rotations going and, and, and kind of multiple divisions going, um, the more grass you're going to grow or, or the bigger benefits you're going to reap from it. And I suppose, yes, um, you know, people maybe that have adopted those systems maybe tend to wait a little bit later into the year to, to, to start implementing it. Um, I suppose, again, um, one of the reasons that we talk about, um, you know, paddocks and even subdivision of paddocks so much is because of the effect that it has on, on the regrowth potential. And again, um, in a year where, where we're going to try and, you know, maybe reduce the amount of, of money we have to spend on fertilizer uh, to grow grass. Again, this is a way that maybe we can potentially um, make up some of the shortfall um, from the fertilizer side of things, but but maybe maintain um, a similar level of, of, of grass growth um, just by managing the farm that little bit better in terms of how the grass plant um, works, how the grass plant um, you know, grows and, and, and goes through its development stages. And if we can understand that and, and, and understand that if we can uh, move the sheep through the farm more frequently and give you know, uh, shorter residency periods to allow the grass more chance to recover, that will increase our, our, our grass uh, growth rates um, and has the added benefit of maintaining higher quality swords, which should help in terms of, of lamb performance. Get it set up early and get them lambs trained to it early is key. Philip, probably the most difficult one we're going to face on farms this year is fertilizer. And maybe we can just bring you around to that at the moment. Like, I know it's very difficult to give blanket fertilizer advice, but it's important now as we head into that second rotation with to consider closing up for silage we'll touch on that in a moment how much should we go with philip on farms when should we target and maybe some of the cost benefit of that yeah so i suppose looking as you say it's it's, it's kind of impossible to give a, a one-size-fits-all answer to that question um i suppose a couple of key things about fertilizer look the cost of fertilizer has has you know increased dramatically um compared to to, to, the, to last year and previous years I suppose the one thing I would say about it is, is that um, we're still going to have to apply um, some fertilizer to try and maintain um, a level of grass production, which will meet the, will meet demand. Um, the consequences of not spreading that fertilizer, I feel, is going to be much bigger than 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 um, you know in the longer term. If if we if we reduce um, our fertilizer completely um, or to too much of an extent. We're going to have implications there in, in grass availability, which will impact on, um, we we'll say, yolk condition, um, milk, milk yield potential, which will have a knock-on effect on lamb performance pre-weaning. And as we've seen before and, and discussed before, if lambs go to weaning, you know, at, at lower, you know, lighter weights as, as a result of poorer performance pre-weaning, that has a knock-on effect post-weaning in terms of longer um, periods to, to, to finish. Um, which will impact in in terms of how quick we can get lambs off the farm, um, um, you know. And again, in a year where concentrate prices are are are, are greatly increased um, and continuing to increase, um, that could become a very expensive um, way of finishing lambs in the autumn as well if we had a lot of lambs left. So you know that's going to, that's going to be a, a challenge. You know, this time of year we're going to get our you know the best response rates to, to apply fertilizer, you know, as we move into April, May and June, you're looking at response rates as we move into, into mid to late April now of probably 15 to 20 kilos 
of, of grass trimer are grown per every kilogram of, of nitrogen applied. And as we move um, into May and June, that, that's going to increase even further. And I suppose, um, you know, by the, by the time we get to the end of June, early July, you know, up to three quarters of the, the grass that, that, that we could grow on our farms every year is probably going to be produced. So this is the time of year to, to try and maximise, um, you know, our responses to fertiliser that is applied. And, you know, try and make sure that what we do at this time of year doesn't impact negatively on later in the year because it's, it's, it's going to be expensive into the autumn as well and, and concentrate costs will be expensive. Um, and I suppose the other thing we really, really need to concentrate on, and again, look, yes, fertilizer is very expensive, but the whole area around planning for um, winter feed, so silage, hay, whatever it is you're, you're making to feed, feed the sheep for the winter, um, we really need to make sure that um, sufficient um, stocks are, are, are conserved to, to, to look after them um, for the winter. Um, and again, because response rates are going to be at their highest now over, over the next couple of months, you know, put a plan in place to, to produce enough, enough winter feed. And I suppose where maybe in the past we would have been talking about, you know, picking up some of your winter feed requirements through surpluses, you know, which could be removed from, from fields and that. And because um, in most situations, people are going to be spreading maybe less fertilizer now on the grazing paddocks than, than they would have in previous years that surplus isn't really going to be there. And um, so what I would say is plan that you can make sufficient feed from a dedicated silage cut. Um, and there's a useful um, planner on, on the Chagas website there. If you go onto the main page um, and there's a section there um, now called food and feed security. Um, and within that, you find, you'll find a lot of advice around, you know, current strategies with regard to, to fertilizer application and silage plan and that. And there's a useful um, we'll say silage stock calculator where you can enter the number of 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 yaws you have and it will calculate as was the feed requirements and you can include if you have silage carried over um from this year or from last year and um, which you can build into into what you have at hand already and it'll give you a guide on maybe what you need to produce and that'll help with your planning um for winter 22 23. that's a link i'll include in the description and it is vital that that is actually taken into account on farms. Like in reality, Philip, a lot of what we do from a management point of view in the next couple of weeks has a huge impact on the rest of the year and it might be slightly underestimated in many cases. Yeah, and look at, I suppose none of this is is is, is new here and I suppose the amount of times we've done a podcast talking about grouping up and temporary fencing and, and silage planning, but I suppose what's different this year is, 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 is that it has even bigger implications in terms of cost savings um, and I suppose even when I'm talking about silage there you know it's not just about planning um, that we have sufficient amounts of silage it's sufficient amounts of, of quality silage because again as we've talked about it's not just fertilizer costs that have increased it's concentrate costs as well um, and you know we could make a lot of, of silage but poorer quality silage and really that's, that's not a cost effective um, management strategy either because that's going to require extra Concentrate supplementation, which again is, is going to cost a lot of money. So, what we're, I suppose what we're trying to say is that while fertilizer is expensive, you know, it's still, you know, to produce grazed grass is the cheapest form of feed to, to feed the sheep, and to produce high quality grass silage is the second most expensive feed. And anything after that is going to be even more expensive, and, and that's what we're trying to trying to do at the moment here is is get that message across. And 
I suppose just a plug. Um, we are going to be carrying out a number of, of, of farm walks over the next couple of weeks, right throughout April, um, where we're going to deal with all of these issues around fertilizer planning, silage planning, grazing management, um, um, right across the country and the ads um, on the website and in the the farm and press there over the next the next few days, where you can see where there'll be a, an event in your area. And I would encourage people to come along. We'll go through budgets, we'll go through plans, um, and, and 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 try and work out maybe what's what's best for for, for different circumstances. No, and hopefully they'll be very useful for anyone that wants to attend. Look, it's going to be a challenging couple of weeks. It's going to be a challenging year from the looks, but really appreciate the update today, Philip. And again, it's about making some of the very simple actions early in the season. Thanks, Karen. We're going to have to leave it there for this episode. As Philip has highlighted, what we do in the next couple of weeks has a major impact on the overall system for the year. And he's offered some very useful and practical tips for the coming month. I have included a link to that food and fodder security budget. It's at the bottom of the description of the podcast. You'll find a fodder budget in there as well as some other very useful advice. And that will be updated as the year progresses. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any updates from our sheep program, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chagger Sheep. I'm Karen Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and listen in to any of our episodes.